0: Welcome to episode number 60 of the Grab Blogger podcast. This is the podcast where we're helping academics change the world through online business. We're helping you by giving you the tools, the tips, the strategies, and the frameworks you need to create a meaningful online business based on your expertise, about your research background, and about the change that you wanna see and create in the world. The title of today's episode is Using the Instant Influence Framework to Uncover Your True Motivation. And this topic is all around figuring what makes you tick and looking into not just what you're doing every day, but why you're doing it and then using that to influence and create the type of change that you want in the world. So digging into your motivation, figuring out what that means for what your strategy should be moving forward, and what should you actually implement, both in your business and in your life. We're going to be talking in this episode a lot about your business strategies, but this same framework can be used to evaluate you know things in your life that you want to change as well. Um, we'll talk a bit about that in this episode. So the Instant Influence Framework is from a book published by Dr. Michael Pantalon in 2011. Um, He's a psychologist and research scientist at the Yale School of Medicine. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about this framework and how I personally use it to uncover my motivations for things that I want to do in my business and my life, and how the way that's structured really gets you into this motivation, but also gives you a way to understand how to move forward. So we're going to start this episode by talking about why finding motivation is important. We're going to give a story just highlighting this whole process and um, how different the answer can be when you start with the motivation that you actually have. Uh, we're going to go through the Instant Influence Framework, and then I'm going to look at how you can actually use this to uncover your motivations, and use this as a structured way to, to understand what you want, and then to also use that to identify the best ways to move forward and, and to do that in your business and your life. So in terms of why finding your motivation is important, I get this quite a bit with conversations I have with coaching clients and masterminds and persons at events Really working with people all over, you see this kind of same thing come up where they, they pick a thing, they put their head down and go, and then sometimes they come up for air and they realize that they're, they're frustrated when they didn't get the actual result that they want, or they just don't get any, make any progress because they picked the wrong thing that wasn't really aligned with their values. And one issue here is that most people start with picking a tactic, and this is the, you know, the how to do something. I hear this all the time. I'm going to create a course, I'm going to launch a membership, I'm going to write a book, and then they never get around to it. And the reason is that you really don't want to start with that tactic. You really need to dig into what is the personal motivation you have for doing that. What is the strategy that you should be applying to get that, uh, you know, outcome that you want and then look at what is the best tactics to, to get that strategy going. So it's better to really start with this process of, of why do you want to do it? What is your motivation here? What is your strategy for achieving that thing? And then what are the tactics to do this? And this is similar to the book, start with why by Simon Sinek and, Before that, which I'm not sure if Simon Sinek's book was based on this, but the format system by Bernice McCarthy from the 1980s is quite similar as well. And you hear me use this a lot in the podcast. We talk about a framework that's why, what, how, and what if. That's pretty similar to the start with why framework as well. They can both really be thought of in the same way as using this instant influence approach to identify what is the why, the what, and then the how, the tactics that you want to do. So I mentioned that you know you hear this a lot where people are starting with the why, starting with the tactic. Um, I want to sell a course. I want to launch a membership. I want to write a book. And then talking through them and, and you know getting them on a different track, more closely related with their motivation. But you can do this with yourself as well. You can sit down and actually apply a framework to dig into what are your motivations. And I found it helpful to have a structured way to do that. And I've actually used this instant influence framework myself to, to do this. So I thought it'd be good to share on the podcast as well. So I want to give a, a story, a simple example of, you know, what this process looks like when I'm talking about people starting with why, instead of trying to get more to the how. So taking this conversation, I've, I've had this question where somebody says they, they want to create and sell a course online. I was going to take them two months to create. They're really excited. They're going to put it on Udemy to make it easier so they don't have to figure out the, the platform. And then they just got to figure out how to sell it, you know, in two months after they create the course and I've I've had and I'll I'll kind of go through the story of, of a specific example of this. So the same thing happened. Um, I asked, you know, well, why, why not creating a simple ebook first? And the response was, well, I feel like people don't like ebooks anymore. So then I kind of delve into, well, you know, why do you want to create a course? The answer is, well, I really want to help people. I think they'd rather have one-on-one interactions. I was going to go through some of the question tree that I kind of applied here and some of the answers, just show you how it went. So you know, why do you want to create a course? Well, I really want to help people. I think they'd rather have one-on-one interactions. The next question was, well, why might you consider creating something different than a course? And this is a, a really good question to use. And the answer was, well, I guess it'd be faster to create something different. If you dive into that, well, why might you, you know, why might being faster to create something be important for you? And the answer is, well, it'd be nice to have something on my website, anything to sell, you know. I have a lot of people coming through, but nobody's actually buying anything because I don't have any offers on my website. So a good question for this is, well, what, you know, what other benefits might come out of this? You know, what else? So an answer here might be, well, it enforce me to figure out how to set up my sales cart. This is something I've been trying to figure out how to do and wanting to dive into, but I haven't had a reason to, you know, what else? Well, it would force me to actually start and finish a project kind of with a laugh. And I get this one a lot and the laugh. I like because that means you're starting to get into more of the motivation behind things. So in here, this is a good spot to jump in. So, it's, it's nice sometimes to reflect this. So to say something like, I hear you saying that there's a lot of processes in building products online that you'd like to learn. Why might you consider focusing on something that's fast to create, that you can have on your website soon that will force you to figure out how to set up your sales cart and the other processes needed? Why would you maybe consider focusing on something like that? And the answer here is, well, well, I guess, you know, I, I don't really feel that confident with the process of putting a product online. It'd be nice to learn some of those skills and gain confidence in this whole online process. And here we're starting to dig more into true motivation. We're moving away from, you know, it's something I think people might want or they'd rather have interactions. And what is what is this individual's personal motivation? In this case, it's on confidence. So why well, might they consider doing something different? Um, it comes down to actually feeling more confident. So you can reflect that back and say, well, you know, I, I hear you saying that you'd like to gain confidence in selling products online. You know, what might be the best strategy to moving forward and gaining this confidence? And the answer that I get a lot of times is, you know, well, probably to practice and, you know, kind of move with a laugh. And again, these laughs are good because it means you're getting further into the root of their motivation. Then another response, you know, the follow-up might be, well, seriously, though, it's probably best to pick one thing that's simple and just do it start to finish. And then a good way to kind of close out this conversation, it's good to probably dig into this more, but to, to close out for this example case, you know, is saying, well, with that in mind, what might be the next step for you, if any? And then just like, don't say anything. Just be very quiet. Count in your head. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five Mississippi. And chances are by then they'll come up with some solution and say it. And the, the answer that I, I got in specific examples as well, you know, I have all the material to create some eBooks for my site. it probably only take me two days to put them together, another day to create the cover design and get them online. Um, and by the time they say this, they're usually pretty excited. <laughs> you know, they're starting to talk really fast. You know, and then I could start to work on how to set up the sales card on the website and sharing with people and seeing if they're interested. Now, this is a tactic. We're all the way back to, you know, doing something. But now we have a tactic that's aligned with a strategy and also aligned with a motivation. The motivation is a personal one to get more confidence creating and selling products online. The strategy is, well, really whatever the easiest way to do that is. And it's not always going to be the easiest way is your strategy. But in this case, it's really just you know, probably to practice and and just pick one thing and do it start to finish. And then the tactic is, you know, well, let's just create some eBooks based on the material I have and get those online. You see how that tactic is now much more aligned with the motivation of the individual instead of creating a course that's going to take two months and then try to get on Udemy and then put it online. That's not aligned with any motivation they have. That's just something that they've heard that other people say you should do and are trying to figure out how to do it. So this whole process of walking back into, well, why is this important to you? What might doing a different way uh, be able to unlock for you? And then coming through and what's the strategy and the tax for that's a much um, stronger way. So a couple of points here on kind of dissecting this example. Um, Point number one is the the conversation started with a tactic and we discussed this already. I want to create a course. It's going to take me two months. I'm going to get online. I'm going to do this and then I'm going to write a book. Then I'm going to do this. And the problem is that most people either A, don't start don't follow through, or if they did get it all done, then they realized that wasn't the thing that they wanted to do in the first place. So the, the second key point here is the why doesn't exist a lot of the time when you hear these sort of starting with a tactic or it's shifted to other people. So they may just not know why they want to. It might be because they heard somebody else do it and it had success. So they want to do it. That's not really a good why. Other times if you ask, they may shift the why. In this case, uh, you heard that when they said, I want to help people and think they would prefer one-on-one interactions. The response there is, well, that's great for them, but why is it important to you? And not why is it important to you to have, for them to have one-on-one interactions. But why is it important to you to create an online course? What's in it for you, and why is it, it tied to your motivation? So there's some keys here. One is this question that I, I asked to start by finding a key positive motivation. So why might you consider creating something different than a course? And notice I didn't say why. Why don't you consider creating something different? That's a negative. Then they would come up with some negative ways. But why might you consider creating something different? This starts to make people think in terms of, you know, what what are there some possible motivations? Why might I create something different? It gets the wheels kind of spinning on this positive side. Um, and then I use sort of a version of the five whys. If you haven't heard of the five whys. You know, you ask, why do you want something? And then you answer, and then you ask, well, why do you want that answer? And then you ask, and then you answer, why do you want that answer? And you kind of go deeper and deeper and deeper into these motivations. And if you're doing it on a personal level, then you're getting into your personal motivation. So as we went through these this example, we did the five whys, we came up with things like, well, I guess it'd be faster to create. It forced me to figure out how to set up my sales cart and the stuff on my website. It forced me to actually start and finish a project <laughs> um, with, with a laugh. Again, this laugh indicates that we actually are opening up and getting closer to some kind of core motivation. Um, in the end, we ended on you know confidence in myself in building out products online. And this is really a true personal motivation. We have a good why then to start figuring out, well, how do we make this why actually happen? So the fifth point here I want to make um, is that then we moved into well, what is the best strategy to use? You know, What is the best strategy to get this confidence? And the response is, well, you know, pick one simple thing and do it start to finish. And this is where we're moving from, you know, what is your motivation to what is the best strategy? And then what's the next step, if any, was really the last question. Um, and this next step, well, it well, be pretty easy to create some eBooks and get them on the site. In this case, now we're moving from what is the best strategy? How do we implement? What's the thing we should do today and tomorrow to start to make this a reality? Um, in this case, it wasn't, you know, take two months and create an online course because we're just looking for some confidence to get something online that we can share that people might sell. So in this case, it was, you know, take two days, create an ebook or a couple ebooks from material we already know and have, and start to get those online. So I share that as an example to show you know how this conversation. It's a conversation I have a lot reveal people. This you know the first thing they want to say is they want to create a course, they want to write a book, they want to do X, Y, and Z, and they ask, well, why do you want to do that? It's like blank stares, or it's you know pushing the motivation to, oh, well, this would be really good for the audience. The audience doesn't want this type of thing. The problem with that is you're not going to be able to follow through because you haven't identified your key motivation. And the whole purpose of this episode is give you some to highlight that as a you know potential issue, but then also give you this framework to be able to identify that. So as I mentioned, we we're going to talk about using the instant influence framework. This is from a book that's titled Instant Influence, again by Dr. Pantalon, published in 2011. And it gives a six-step framework that you can use when you're talking with other people to identify their motivations and then move them towards action. And this is actually a you know really interesting process that's modified for something that's called motivational interviewing it's used by doctors and lawyers and interrogators to get you know people that are stubborn and won't change their ways to dig into what is their true motivation and how do you pull back the layers of that and get them to actually from their own motivation identify why they might change and identify how they could change and what they should do next but it's about them identifying and not you, telling them and selling them on why they need to do it, but actually digging in and identifying why. The second point is that this you know, works just as good on yourself, and I'll explain the six questions here. So the six questions in the framework are question number one, why might you change? Question number two, how ready are you to change on a scale from one to 10, where one means not ready at all and 10 means totally ready? Question number three is why didn't you pick a lower number? We'll talk about this in a moment, but this is a really interesting one. Question number four is imagine you change. what would the positive outcomes be? Question number five is why are these outcomes important to you? And question number six is what's the next step, if any? So just digging into the first step, then why might you change? This is the starting point. Again, it's framed in the positive. You're not saying why don't you do this, which is what a lot of people will say when they want to get people to do something different. It's framed as a, a positive. Why might you consider doing something different? In the example above, I think I uh, used, why might you consider creating something different than a course? So, you know, why might you change? Why might you change the the process that you're doing? Um, and this is a really good one. So it's really about identifying what is your plan today? Why might you consider creating something different than this plan? A lot of times this will come down to time, money, stress. It might be easier to do something different. It might be more of a challenge to do something different. We start to figure out, well, you know, why might you consider doing something different? Now, if you keep digging in with these whys, this you know five why process, you can really start to dig into what is the motivation here. Two holdups that come up time and time again, and we saw them earlier. Number one is moving horizontally in your wise instead of vertically. So if you ask somebody for a why, they give you a why, and then you ask for another, they give you another why. that's sort of at the same level. Like, well, I'd really like to help people, and I'd really like to make money, and I'd really like to, you know, have a nice website, and I really these are all horizontal Ys. The whole point of the five Ys is to go vertically. So. I would like to have a really nice website. Well, why would you like to have a really nice website? i really like to have a nice website so when people come on, they feel more motivated to join my coaching program. Okay, why do you want them to join your coaching program? Well, I'd like to join my coaching program because right now I'm not making enough income to be able to pay for childcare to support my family. So I end up doing a lot of childcare and I don't have time to put into my business. Okay, well then now we're getting more personal-wise. Why might it be good for you and your family to have this childcare? Well, maybe when I spend time with my family I can be more present while I'm doing that and you see how you can kind of dig into these wise vertically instead of going horizontally and really start to get into what this means for people on a personal level another issue here is that people will often once you start getting into more personal shift to the wise of other people instead of themselves so here this um, in the example that I gave previously you know people would rather have one-on-one well that's great for them but why is that important for you? Or what might that mean for you? Not the one-on-one, but to do um, a course versus something else. Why is that important to you? It's great that people might prefer one-on-one, but you know why is it important to you? You want to be careful of shifting these whys to other people. The big thing to say here is just really, when that comes up, You know, well, that's good, but why might this thing that you're talking about be important to you? Other things on this step is that you'll know when you get to the end, when you get to a good core motivation, when you hit something personal. So in the example I gave earlier, you know, it was about increasing my confidence selling online. That's a pretty personal thing. Probably could have even dug in with another why, um, if I had known the person better. And I might have uncovered something that happened in their past and maybe knocked their confidence down. That is even a a true core motivation. A lot of time, the motivation will come down to making more money as well, or having more resources in your life, so that they can pay for childcare, or provide more support their family, or, help with uh, paying the bills with a spouse or paying down student loans, these are all starting to get really more personal-wise and then allow you to start developing the strategy and the, the tactics from that. So step two is the question, how ready are you for change on a scale from one to 10 where one means not ready at all and 10 means totally ready? And this is more of a setup question. It's setting up things for the next stages. The actual number doesn't really matter you might actually be, it might be interesting to hear that they're much more motivated than you thought or they're even less motivated than you thought. But at the end of the day, this number doesn't really matter. It's just setting up for the next question, which is the critical one in the instant influence framework. So step number three is the question, why didn't you pick a lower number? So if they picked a three, why didn't you pick a two? Or if they picked a seven, why didn't you pick a six? Or, you know, why didn't you pick a lower number? And this is where the magic really starts to happen. It forced people to think in the positive. So if they picked a four and you ask them, why didn't you pick a lower number? They have to start to think, well, you know, why didn't I pick a three? Well, I didn't pick a three because um, it might be easier, or quicker, or faster, or maybe I'd enjoy doing that better. You know, it gets, even if they pick a two and ask them why they didn't you pick a lower number, there must have been some inkling of reason why you might want to change in there because you didn't pick a lower number. What happens here is it causes a, a thing that is called Cognitive dissonance. Um, And I'm not a psychologist. These are, you know, just my understanding from reading these sort of uh, books and stuff. So, But my understanding of it is this causes a difference between what they think and what they kind of believe about themselves. So, for instance, when they started this conversation, they didn't want to change. But if they didn't want to change, they would have picked a lower number. But since they didn't pick a lower number, they must want to change a bit. And that's the cognitive dissonance part. And the question then that they'll have to answer in order to close that gap in their own mind is why didn't they pick a lower number and why is that? And then they'll start to think in the positive of, oh, well, this is why that is. There's this little spark of motivation that might cause me to do something different. It might cause me to change. And this works for everything from smoking cigarettes to doing drugs to drinking alcohol because they use it, this sort of motivational interview style or process in medical fields for this exact same reason. Well, if you are not willing to stop drinking and you're a two, you know why don't you pick a lower number? And they have to find some sort of motivation to close that gap um, that's their own, that's personal, and that's, that's then the spark that you can dig into to start to, uh, to facilitate that change. The key here is this works as good on yourself as it does other people. I've used this many, many times, the same process. I know the answer questions are coming, and you can't you can't beat it. So if you just ask, even for those first three, why might I do something different in my life? Well, I might do it because it might allow me to have more time with my son. Okay, well, that's a, you know, that's a pretty good one, a pretty good motivation. Maybe we don't need to dig in more whys, or maybe we do. Let's just say that's enough. How ready are you to change your work schedule? Um, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably not a one. You know, maybe I'm, a, maybe I'm a three to change it. Like, it just seems not possible right now. But, you know, if I could, I probably would. So, you know, I'm a three. And then the the question is, well, why didn't you pick a lower number? And if you've asked yourself, even as I'm I'm asking this, it's making me want to work (laughs) less hours and spend more time with my son. You know, the reason I didn't pick a lower number, well, it'd be really nice to spend more time with my son. I probably could get away with, you know, an hour less a week or two hours less a week. So, like, there's all these things that start to bubble up to the surface when you ask that question, why didn't you pick a lower number? Because your brain starts closing those gaps. It works just as good on yourself as it does on other people. So that's why I want to start to share this framework. So let's dig into. Now we're sort of out of why we're starting to identify things. Um, step four in the process is the question: What would the positive outcomes be? Imagine that you you've now changed. You know what would the positive outcomes be, and this is really about positioning the person or positioning yourself in the solution already. So change has taken place. You've written that ebook. You have it on the website. You know what, or you you even decided to write an ebook. What would the positive outcomes of that be? And in the case that I used at the, the start of this episode, it was, well, it would be done faster, probably by next week. People could buy it. They'd have something on a website to buy right now. And I've been, learned how to set up a sales cart mm-hmm. and I've started to you know understand how to create these processes online. What would the positive outcomes be if I spent more time with my son? Well, I'd probably be happier. <laughs> He'd probably be happier and we'd probably um, enjoy that time. Uh, by the way, I did not prep the, the line of questioning for myself on working less and spending more time with my son. That's coming up natural here. So there's things that <laughs> are probably bubbling up there as well, which is kind of funny. But that's step four. You know, imagine the change that already happened. What would the positive outcomes be? Step number five is why are those outcomes important to you? So in terms of the example I used above, well, I'd really like to be more confident in creating and selling products online. Now we really got to the root cause. You know, I'd really like to have more money or more time to support my family. I'd really like to feel more comfortable and safe in my living situation. We get to really core motivation now on why you would actually change or why you do things differently in your life. And step number six is figuring out well, what is the actual tactic that you're going to use. What is the next step, if any? So people have now moved through their why. They know what their motivation is. They start to identify, you know, what are the best strategies and they're, they're ready for tactics here. What's the next thing to do? And because of this cognitive dissonance, process, the brain's probably figured out most of the strategy. You'll actually be pretty amazed with yourself and with other people when you get to this step that you only want them to do like one thing, like a small, you know, micro step. And they just, their their head explodes and they say a whole big plan on what they're going to do. <laughs> and some of this time when you're coaching, you actually need to reel them in and say, okay, well, let's just do part of that plan right now. But because of this whole process, your brain's basically connected all the dots and made it so that you, you now have this whole plan set out. Um, to, to do that process. You might ask, why, is, why do you say if any at the end? And this ties more into when you're talking with another person. Um, it reinforces their autonomy. If you read the, the Instant Influence book, then you'll, you'll hear this quite a bit. He talks about this reinforcing the autonomy throughout the whole process, reflecting motivation, any spark or hint of motivation back. Those are key things from the book as well. But even if you're working with yourself, this if any phrasing, even if you don't, you decide that you can't change today, that will keep the discussion going in your mind or in the mind of the person you're working with. They'll kind of come back to it. And later you might have another conversation later and find that they have already started to figure out some of these gaps and started to actually make change in their life. Or if you go through and run the instant influence framework again, you might find they're much more um, amicable to, to moving forward. So that's it. That's the instant influence framework to uncover your true motivations. Again, this is so that you can figure out what drives you and then what is the best strategy to get that thing done? And then what is the best tactic to make change in your life and in your business? Instead of starting well with, you know, the, the tactic, I'm going to create a course or I'm going to go on a diet or I'm going to do these things, it's much more powerful to start with this whole process of identifying your motivation, and working your way down the tree instead. So the homework for this episode is to try this for yourself. If you want, you can grab the cheat sheet at grablogger.com slash 60. I just had the six-step framework there, the six questions you can ask. Print it off and give it a try. Go through the exercise with where you're at today, what you're doing today, and just start with, you know, why might you change? Why might you do something different than what your plan is today? And then go through the six-step framework for that. Let me know how it goes. Shoot me an email at chris.grablogger.com. Let me know what true motivation, if you found it, uh, identified, bubbled up for you and then what is the the next step you have identified that you need to do to get you closer to that motivation as always you can grab a transcript of this podcast episode at grabblogger.com slash 60 as well we have a nice pdf download that you can grab there if you like the episode tag me on twitter and instagram let me know what you think there it's at grabblogger until next week i'm looking forward to talking again and um, helping to grow your business and improve your life with the the grabblogger podcast moving forward